Super Talk Mississippi media production. Have you heard all the rave about the new Quick Grill located inside the Be Quick Chevron on Veterans Boulevard? Come visit Be Quick Chevron along with Quick Grill, Be Quick Food Marts, your locally owned hometown convenience store, wherever you are. This is Rebecca Turner, and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. You're listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, now, here's Rebecca. Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You are tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. We are joined by Will in studio again today. But don't forget, you can find inspiration for an unforgettable Mississippi getaway. Everything you need to know is over at visitmississippi.org. Now, you, while there are plenty of great trails to hike in Mississippi, there aren't many mountains to climb. You may not find that to do here, at least not one like Mount Everest. And our guest today, Mr. Adam Hodges of Meridian, he set out to conquer the mountain all for a good cause. And he's here to share us share a little more about it. Hey, Adam. Hey, Rebecca. This is exciting. So I've been following your story for a ra- oh, for a while now because you have been back and sort of decompressed, I think, and collected your thoughts and all to sort of come share with us your journey. So take us back though further. When did you get inspired, or maybe what I should ask, what inspired you to want to climb Mount Everest? It's been really. It's been a journey that's it's lasted over twenty years. I started climbing uh, back in the nineties. Went out and climbed Mount Rainier, and then climbed some other mountains in that area, and just kind of gradually climbed higher and higher mountains. And over the years, I was able to get to Denali in Alaska and summit successfully, and then Aconcagua in Argentina, and then uh, following that, I went to Russia and climbed Mount Elbrus. So that was that was three of the seven summits. So did you start out kind of small? I would think, oh, let's just go for a hike, and then you're like, let's climb my first mountain. Or did you start out 20 years ago with maybe this idea of one day I'll conquer (laughs) Mount Everest? Or did that sort of just come with time as you just sort of fell in love with mountain climbing a little more each time? It was a little bit of both. I think every, well, a lot of young boys and, and girls uh, could dream of something like climbing Mount Everest. No, I have never. You, you haven't? <laughs> <laughs> I've dreamed a lot of crazy things, but, 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 but yes, I get what you're saying. But you think uh, it's Mount Everest. It's not, you know, it's, it's somewhere in the distance, probably a dream. And it takes climbing the smaller mountains to begin to believe that you can climb Mount Everest. So your confidence builds, your knowledge and your abilities build over time, and that's that's kind of what I've experienced. It, you know, as I was successful in higher and higher, more difficult mountains, I started to think about Mount Everest. And I would assume as you move to these higher um, mountains, or I guess taller mountains, whichever way you say it, higher summits, the community gets a little smaller. So you start to actually meet people who have done it, or sort of also thinking about it, right? Because like as the pool goes larger to even you know smaller then you start to meet people who may have actually done it or think that it's not a crazy idea that starts to feed into you that you can do this right and then you get that sense of encouragement or that inspiration you never knew existed but does that happen too that's right you you before you get involved with that community um you tend to think that these are people that are beyond uh what, what you are you know you think uh they're, they're they have to be something more than i am but as you climb and you get to know the other climbers, uh, 
you see that they're just like you. They're motivated people willing to put in the work, take the risk, and accept the challenge. And you begin to relate and identify yourself as, you know, you're just just like they are. Uh, And on Denali, uh, actually, the strongest climber on Denali, that was in 2008, was a stewardess from uh, Great Britain. And uh, she was, I believe, yeah, she was the only female on a very strong expedition. And we both summited Denali that year. And then, like a year or two later, she summited Everest. And you start thinking to yourself, well, she did it. You know, she's just like I am, maybe a little bit stronger, but she's just like I am. So this is something I believe I can do. And it's definitely not something that you just wake up one day and go, okay, I'm going to go clown, climb um, Mount Everest. It's something you have to put a lot of thought process into, a lot of training, a lot of intentionality, I would assume, to even get to there. I know it's not like a cheap expedition either to, to do that. So you had to have a bigger motivator, Adam. And looking at all of the titles that you have, obviously fitness, the fitness part, probably came natural. You're the manager there of Anderson's Health and Fitness Center. You have the Rocky Rock City Boxing, which I know we'll get into. And then but through that you founded the Accent or Ascent for the Cure. So where did the bigger inspiration for going out for something as big as Mount Everest came come from? It just uh I believe it's a God thing that these that these things happen together. But we, we started Rocksteady Boxing uh, two years ago there at our gym. And up until that point, I had not had much interaction with people with, that suffer from Parkinson's disease. I knew, I knew a couple, but I didn't know a lot about the disease. And a local businessman approached me one day, and, and you know, he had been driving to Jackson, I think, three times a week to attend the Rocksteady program they have here. And he just asked me, you know, what do I what do I think about getting the program started in Meridian? And we already had a boxing gym set up, and um, I thought it was a great idea. So I had to do some training. We had to do some preparation to bring the class there. But we did mainly on his suggestion, and it just took off. You know, from the time we started it, I would say six months later, we had 25 people in the program. Wow. And that's without really going out and searching too hard for uh, for people to join. Is you know, there went, something about the sport of boxing or the movements of boxing? I know they're not necessarily competing against you know each other in terms um, that's helpful for Parkinson's disease. It, it is. It's. Um, I think a lot about why this program is so effective, and I think probably the most important part of it is the social aspect, uh, the hope that it creates, and the community that it provides. Um, and that's a big part of fighting Parkinson's. A lot of times people with – they'll kind of withdraw, and um, there's a lot of depression that comes along with it and isolation. So what I see is um, it's just a great opportunity for people to be with people that are going through the same disease and the same the same challenges and to be loved. You know, uh, so we started the program – Social aspect is huge, and, and yes, rocksteady boxing. Just the uh, just the nature of boxing, how you're constantly thinking about right and left footwork or right and left punches. Um, it's it's been, it's been proven to to help with Parkinson's disease. And rocksteady, um, the the affiliate headquarters is in Indianapolis, and they've grown to they're worldwide now. There's there's probably five or six hundred locations around the world helping thousands and thousands of, of athletes. We call them athletes because they are. Yeah. 
if you can box, you're an athlete yeah. for sure. And seeing, watching some of the videos over there, it's Ascent for the Cure. And then also just on the YouTube channel for what inspired your mission to try to climb or conquer Mount Everest, you see them. I mean, they are punching. They are they are at it. They are getting a workout in. They're enjoying it. You mentioned 25, though. That does seem like a lot in a short amount of time. Is Parkinson's disease that common in the Meridian or Mississippi area, or are they driving from other places to, to come and work it's out? It's that common in a small town like Meridian, so yeah. it, makes you, it makes you really think about uh, nationwide and worldwide. Um, I think there are 1 million people suffering from Parkinson's in the United States and 12 million worldwide, so... And it, it uh, man, it's a tough disease to, to have to battle, and we see it. And it, it, it can present itself in so many different ways, you know, balance, uh, tremors, some cognitive issues, uh, posture, uh, emotional, emotional things. It's just a really tough, tough disease to battle. Are there other rock steady boxing um, centers in Mississippi? I know you have the one there at the at Andersons in Meridian. Are there any other in our state? There are, and they're growing. The, there's a really nice one here at First Baptist Church, um, and it's it's a large operation. They're doing things the right way. Um, I can't tell you how many in Mississippi, but they are growing. I've been I've been approached by uh, someone from the Philadelphia area outside of Meridian, and they're starting one, and so. You know, people are starting to see how effective this is, and it's starting to grow. Well, I hope if you're listening to good things and you have a loved one who may be living with Parkinson's disease, especially if you're in the Meridian area, man, look up at them. But if you're, if you're not, I mean, I think this would be something, if there's not one in your local community, that you might could see what, a, what, a, what does it take to sort of get it? Because it, it, it's definitely, 25 came out in a very short period of time. To me, that tells you you're up to something good there, Adam. Okay, so from that, you founded Ascent for the Cure. Is that correct? I did. So was that, it's just a way to sort of help bring awareness for the people you are helping with the rock steady boxing it is we we uh two years ago or we started rock steady boxing and it was growing and not only growing but i was seeing how it was helping everyone everyone that joined the program was improving and then uh an old climbing buddy of me uh kind of reached out and said he was going to everest and so they kind of happened at the same time and and you know i, I just thought about everest and i um, Everest is a finance, it's a large financial commitment. Right. It's a, a lot of a lot of time, two months away from home and away from your job and your family. Um, so to me, to to just go and do Everest, just to do Everest on my own behalf, is is not enough. It's not worth it. But um, it just began to come to me that that people are really interested in mountain climbing and the experience crazy yeah because we're crazy (laughs) and uh so are crossfitters by the way (laughs) (laughs) for sure (laughs) um but yeah i just felt like with the interest we could generate from climbing we could also bring awareness and do some fundraising for parkinson's well we're going to find out more about adam hodges uh summit to mount the top of mount everest and all the things in between coming up next here on good things
COVID-19 has had a profound effect on the workplace. As organizations adapt, RJ Young is here to help. We provide key technology solutions to power your business, like temperature kiosks, smart security systems, backfile scanning, managed IT services, digital lockers, and more. RJ Young will help you to ensure safety and productivity in the workplace. To learn more, visit rjyoung.com slash COVID. Hi, this is Mark Shapley of M.M. Shapley Steakhouse. This past year, we were fortunate to see many new faces and reacquaint with old friends, and I believe I know why. Being from the Mississippi Delta, we learned how to entertain while creating a comfortable home environment, and that's M.M. Shapley's specialty. M.M. Shapley's is your place for award-winning steaks and homemade tamales. M.M. Shapley's, real, authentic, welcoming, fine dining. For reservations, visit mmshapleys.com or call 601-957-8000. It's back! That's right, school is back in session. That means it's time for our back-to-school super sale at Ridgeland Mitsubishi. That's right, school is back and so is carpool and traffic. We're here to put you into a new ride so you can get to school in style while saving your cash. Pay just $3.29 per month on the all-new 2022 Mitsubishi Eclipse Cross or pay only $1.99 per month on new 2021 Mitsubishi Mirage G4s Plus. Get a free 40-inch TV with every purchase. We want your old vehicle, bring it in, and we'll buy it even if you don't buy a new vehicle from us. Ridgeland Mitsubishi is the king of credit. 100% credit approval is our number one goal. Our team of experts is ready to get you approved no matter your past credit history. School is back in session. So come get your deal now at Richland Mitsubishi where nobody walks away because everybody saves. 1860 East County Line Road. Call 896-9600 today or visit RidgelandMitsubishi.com. Remember, you're approved at Richland Mitsubishi. Eclipse stock number 1772. Mitsubishi G4 stock number 1795. Are the trees and shrubs running your yard instead of you? Let the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros take out your problem limb by limb. Baroni's Tree Pros is your complete tree, shrub, and stump removal service. No job is too big for the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. And with our superior cleanup, you can't go wrong. Baroni's Tree Pros, 601-345-8090. 601-345-8090. That's 601-345-8090. Or online at baroniestreepros.com. That's Baroni's Tree Pros. Watkins Construction and Roofing. They are the premier company to count on. I know that by personal experience and customer satisfaction and a professional team with the experience of a NASCAR pit crew. Plus, state-of-the-art equipment from start to finish. It also includes the respect for your home or business with a meticulous cleanup when the job is done. For a free estimate, call the Watkins team. 601-966-8233 or go to nomoreroofleak.com. nomoreroofleak.com. Real talk for real Mississippians. The JT Show with Gerard Gibbert. Weekdays 10 to 1 on Super Talk Mississippi. Making your afternoon just a little brighter. It's Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi. Chicken fry. Cold beer on a Friday night. Adam, did you get to have a cold beer at the top of any of your mountains that you have climbed? At the top? Yeah. No. 
But pretty the, pretty high up, yes. Pretty high up <laughs> at, the, at the bottom. Welcome back to Good Things. We want to remind you there is an adventure in Mississippi that will be awaiting you. Not mountain climbing, but you can hike it to some capacity. Go to visitmississippi.org to find out more. We're finding out more about Adam Hodge's uh, quest to conquer Mount Everest, all for raising awareness for Parkinson's disease, which he does every day as the manager of Anderson's Health and Fitness Center there in Meridian with Rocksteady uh, Boxing. But he did this through Ascent for uh, the Cure. So I got to just like a little bit of like when your buddy calls and says, hey, you want to climb Mount Everest, what are the next steps? I mean, it's one thing to say, yes, I want to do this, but it's another thing to start putting, I guess, pen to paper and figuring out equipment, training, time schedules, all that, in, and also raise, having this sort of philanthropy part to it. So walk us through maybe the timeline to even that all went through all of it. You know, it's interesting because initially this happened a year before COVID hit. So um, I'm preparing, and, and it's all those things. It's it's so much preparation, it's unreal. But I'm preparing for a year, and we get right up to uh, time to go to Everest, and COVID hits, and so it's off. And prep- oh man, yeah. So then we and then we wait another year, and we're watching everything that's going on in the world, and it. It was really looking like it wasn't going to happen again this year. And, and kind of from a preparation standpoint, I kind of turned it off a little, you know. Um, I was just going to ask because you think of the Olympics. They had to stay at peak performance for another year. I mean, yeah. I know it's maybe not exactly the same, but it kind of is. So, I mean, what type of preparedness did you have to sort of extend for another year yeah so the training the physical training is is pretty intense you know i I, as i as i mentioned i love to do crossfit and it keeps me in pretty good shape but um to prepare for something like everest you need long long uh endurance type workouts so i do a lot of long runs and i started incorporating a weight vest that i'd run in a 20 pound weight vest and because you have to carry all your stuff yeah and you just got to get used to you got to get used to the grind of climbing, and um, the, the only way to, to do that is to have workouts that are a grind. And so um, I started working out. I'd work out like an hour and a half to two hours at a time, really intense, you know, almost not stopping the entire time. And then I may take the next day off and rest. And that's how climbing is. You uh, you know, you'll, you'll have a really tough day on the mountain, and then you might rest for three days. So I tried to train in a way that I knew the mountain was going to be. Um, and then the preparation, I needed all kinds of special gear. You just, I mean, you have to have a climbing suit, climbing boots, uh, things that you don't necessarily have to have on other mountains, you need on Everest. You know, it, it requires the best of gear. And then tra- that is not something you want to go get your, you know, just the generic brand. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> just save a couple hundred dollars here or there when you're fishing to climb Mount Everest. You need to make sure you can yeah. trust your equipment. Yeah. And then trying to shore things up at work and at home and, yeah. and to be gone two months is just pretty tough. So, you know, first year it was delayed. The second year I've turned it off a little. I had COVID uh, the August, the August after COVID surfaced in 2020 and, um, got pretty sick from it and, you know, was able to come back to to work and doing activities of daily living. But to get back to a really high level of training was extremely difficult. Because that's a lung. I mean, that's that's your lungs that it's you lungs, need. It's lungs, it's joints, it's uh, energy systems. Um, it's just there's a lot going on there if you have a severe case of it, and I did. And so fought my way through COVID, started feeling good again, but still had a lot of question marks, you know, um, 
have I fully recovered from COVID? Is anything going to show up when I get to 20,000 feet on Mount Everest? So that was a concern. And um, I worried about the world stage and what COVID was going to be doing. And sure enough, it was it was a legitimate worry. Because remind us, for those listening to good things, we know Mount Everest. I mean, that is just an iconic name. But we may not be able to find it on a map. So where is it? It's in Asia, and it's on the border of Tibet and Nepal. So, so we're not talking about, you know, just up in the Rockies or, you know, you're you're <laughs> flying, you're now having to fly internationally, different language, different, all of this during, during the pandemic. Yes. Yeah. That adds a complete new layer of stress. It's super challenging. Um, you know, I think I've been, I think I've received the negative COVID test about seven times now <laughs> through my travels. But just, uh, you know, everywhere you go, you have to produce this COVID test. It can only be two days old, so you're constantly getting it renewed. Um, and travel was challenging. I mean, it was very challenging to get over there, and, and even more so to get back, and we'll talk about that as we Yeah, get so let's it. talk about getting there. Okay, so you got the green light when you finally were going to get the chance to go. Uh, what happens next? How do you – I mean, you go to base camp, right? I feel like those are also terms that we all are at least a little bit aware of. So is that where, once you make it across the pond, you, you arrive at base camp with all of your gear and all your things? Pretty much. You, uh, I flew to Houston. And from Houston to Dubai, from Dubai to Kathmandu, and that took me a couple of days to get there. And then you get to Kathmandu and spend. It's a pretty interesting third world city. You know, there's a lot. There was a lot going on there when I got there. But we spent a few days there, just meeting the expedition members and doing some last minute preparations. And then we, then you fly from Kathmandu to probably one of the world's most dangerous airports which is a very tiny airstrip up high on the mountain in a town called Lukla. So it's pretty famous for <laughs> the you danger. You have to land on a mountain? You basically land on the side of a mountain. I would be sedated. Yeah. I would have to be highly sedated <laughs> before you ever got me into the airplane. But or I would hate to be the one that had to land it. I would never be the one that has to land it. Let's well, they're, that way. they're so good at what they do. Yeah. And the, the planes are equipped. But going in, you're landing uphill, and you've got mountains behind you, so there are no do-overs. You know, it's not like the pilot can miss the airstrip and pull up and come back around. They have to land it when they come in. But so going in, he lands it uphill. And from there, from Lukla, it's a 10-day trek to base camp. So 10 days of trekking in to get to base camp from there. So you're committed. I mean, if you make it to base camp, you are already in the mindset that, you know, I'm doing this. It's not like, you know, you wait in a 90-minute line there at Disney and back out of the roller coaster. I mean, <laughs> if you make it to base camp for Mount Everest, it's it's like, okay. I mean, I'm, there's no turning back now, I'm sure. It's, a, it's definitely a mindset of everybody in your team. Speaking of your team, it's not just you going. Who all is going um, up the summit with you? We had about 30 members in our expedition, and I climbed uh, – Craig Van Hoy is my climbing buddy. He's a professional mountain guide, and he's climbed a lot of the highest mountains in the world. So I climbed with him directly, but uh, within a larger expedition from Nepal, Kaitu Expeditions, um, they're they're located there in Nepal, and um, they hire local Sherpas from the Everest region to do to support the climb. Some of them climb with you. Some of them just perform a supporting role, like you know managing base cap and things like that. And then beyond that. Uh, there were 10 Chinese climbers in our expedition, which was very interesting, and two guys from uh, Finland and one guy from Denmark. So it was a, it was a very diverse uh, group of people that were climbing together. So, yeah, you, you, 
you know, the, t- the 10 days to base camp is enjoyable. Every now and then you get a glimpse of the beautiful mountain, and eventually you get to see Everest for the first time. And you go over a lot of suspension bridges, which are just bridges way up in the air, uh, held up by cables. And I feel like you have to go through all of these mental tests before the, the universe is even like, okay, you are fit for even giving this a try, because I would have been back. <laughs> you say suspension cables, having to cross up in the air, like there's no whatever. I mean, where does this non-fear of heights come from for you, Adam? Because this whole thing has me in knots, and I'm not even the one who went or even is thinking about going. You know, I, I think I have a fear of heights. It's just uh, it's manageable. Um and from the time I was a little boy, I, I climbed trees and I jumped off towers into water. And we, we have a, a swimming place, Walkaway Springs. I don't know if you've heard of it, but when, when I was growing up, they had a 70-foot tower that you could climb up and jump off of. And, of course, I did it. I just, you know, but I'll tell you, on Everest, I had I had real fear. There were times when I felt fear and I had the adrenaline adrenaline rush that comes with that. So, I, I, you know, don't think for a minute that I don't that I don't fear things because I do. All right. So now I have to know, like when you when everything comes together, you've got your team of 30, your Sherpa, you got all your things. And it's like you wake up. I assume you wake up. You've got coffee and you're like, today is the day that I step one step forward up the mountain for Mount Everest. I mean, is there like someone there that's at like a Disney ride that's like next, you know, next line in like to like <laughs> usher you up the mountain? I mean, is it kind of like a. You know, like a trail there, or what's that like going that first threshold knowing, okay, we're going up okay. the mountain. So you, you trek in as a group, and it's pretty leisurely and pretty fun and not, not overly hard. Uh, the ones that give can we take a break? Yeah, we're going to take a break, and we'll, we'll uh, get back with Adam Hodges, who went on his quest to conquer Mount Everest. We'll find out how it ended coming up next. And cold beer on Friday night, a pair of jeans that fit just right. And the radio world, a lot of sea songs. See the love in my mama's eyes, feel the touch of a precious child, and know a mother's love. It's a little chicken fry, and cold beer on a Friday night, a pair of jeans that fit just right, and the radio world, a lot of sea songs. From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and cutting needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Partly sunny conditions today, 60% chance of rain, high near 90 degrees. Tonight, a 30% chance of rain, mostly cloudy, low around 72. Your Tuesday, a 30% chance of showers, mostly sunny, high near 92. And for your Wednesday, a 50-50 shot of the wet stuff, mostly sunny, high near 93. This weather forecast has been brought to you by our friends at RJ's Outboard Sales and Service at 1208 Old Fannin Road. RJ's Outboard Sales and Service, your Yamaha outboard dealer in Brandon. No Drip Roofing and Construction, online at NoDripMS.com. Whatever Mother Nature dishes out, No Drip Roofing and Construction can take care of it. 601-371-1051. 601-371-1051. 601-371-1051. 
If you or someone you know suffers from dizziness or imbalance, Physical of Jackson, spelled F-Y-Z-I-C-A-L, can help improve your balance and decrease your chances of falling. Susan Geiger and her team of specialized therapists are as unique as their name, providing a personalized approach to therapy and cutting-edge equipment. Physical, F-Y-Z-I-C-A-L, spelled different because we are different. Call today for your appointment, 601-487-2260. This is Dennis Stevenson, Director of the Motor Carrier Safety Division of the Mississippi Department of Public Safety. The Highway Patrol, in conjunction with the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration, is conducting big rig road checks for safety each month throughout the state for motor vehicles. Troopers and truckers working together to keep our roads and highways safe. Since the program began, we have issued over 15,000 citations to ensure that everyone is safe on the road. Troopers and truckers working together to keep our Mississippi roadways safe. Gulf Seafood Outlet. Five-pound large Gulf Shrimp Special, $29.95. Gulf Seafood Outlet. Seeing is believing with up to 14 types of saltwater fillets. Gulf Seafood Outlet. Highway 51 in Ridgeland, just past Lake Harbor Drive, 601-790-9407. Hey, I'm here with Alex Murray of Auto Innovation. At Auto Innovation, we want to change your car buying experience. When you're in the market for a quality pre-owned vehicle, please come see us. We want to make friends, not just customers. All eligible vehicles are inspected by a Master Tech mechanic and come with a limited powertrain warranty on us. We are located on Highway 51 in Ridgeland. Come by and see us or check out our inventory online at autoinnovation.net. Let us change your car buying experience. Auto Innovation, Highway 51 in Ridgeland. 144 Tactical Defense in Florence is your one-stop shop for AR-15s, parts, and accessories. They have a certified in-house Cerakote facility, and they offer a 100% lifetime warranty with on-site gunsmiths and master machinists ready to tackle any project you have. They're working day and night to keep up with the demand. Visit 144 Tactical and see the changes and get entered in a drawing for a free Guardian rifle of your choice. 144 Tactical Defense in Florence, where custom is our game. I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. An eighth grade student at Raleigh Junior High passed away Saturday from COVID. Reports say the child attended school Wednesday and tested positive for COVID on Friday. Her death came weeks after the school's former band director and his wife also passed away from COVID. 7,839 new cases are being reported in our state over the weekend. While he continues to urge everyone to make the best decision for their families, Governor Tate Reeves emphasized Friday that his family has chosen to get the vaccine. My mom's been vaccinated. My dad's been vaccinated. My wife's been vaccinated. My grandmom has been vaccinated. I believe the vaccines are safe. I believe they are effective. And I believe that they are the best tool we have moving forward to beat the virus. He's urging everyone to talk to their doctor if they have any questions. For Super Talk Mississippi News, I'm Kelly Bennett. Pine Grove Behavioral Health understands that lasting recovery and healing begins at the roots of who we are. Transformation is deeply woven into the core of each individual through broad-reaching treatment options. As a result, we have gained a reputation as one of the nation's most comprehensive treatment campuses, drawing an expertise and multiple whole-life treatment programs to effectively address the real complexities of life and addiction. Call 1-888-574-HOPE or visit pinegrovetreatment.com for more information. One place, many solutions. Hey, it's Richard Cross from Sports Talk Mississippi, and I want to tell you about something new on the show. 
You know how much we love to grill and how much we love to talk about it. You're the exact same way. And so are our friends at Polk's Meat. So now every Friday at 520, we'll have some fun with Food Fridays presented by Polk's Meat. We'll talk about our favorite way to grill their delicious Polk's Original, Polk's Cajun, and Polk's Garlic and Green Onion Sausages, as well as other barbecue favorites. It's Food Fridays at 520. No buts about it, folks. Picky people pick Polk's. The JT Show with Gerard Gibbert. Guiding you through the middle of your day with facts, fodder, and fine music. Weekdays at 10 on Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm. Keeping you up to date with news, weather, and politics that affect you and your family. Super Talk Mississippi News. Your news all the time. On air and online. Super Talk Mississippi News at supertalk.fm. Turner. She looks healthy and sane. Good things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. in planning your Mississippi getaway. You can find everything you need to know over at visitmississippi.org. We're learning more about climbing Mount Everest. As many of you may want to do that. I don't know. It may be on your bucket list. It was on our guest, who is Adam Hodges of Meridian. He did set out to conquer the mountain for a good cause. This goes back to the fact that he founded Ascent for the Cure, right? For And that's what gave you uh, to fight against Parkinson's disease. And that is what gave you that extra umph to sort of get through. Because I'm sure, Adam, if it got, you said it got delayed a year, maybe two years because of COVID and the pandemic before you ever even made it April or May of last this past year or right. last year. I'm trying to think of my, in my own calendar in my head. Um, or yeah, this past April or May. So I'm sure knowing that you had the park, the those that were living with Parkinson's back at the Rocksteady Boxing was one of the reasons you just stuck through it, right? I mean, stuck through the mental of even getting there. Yeah, that that's right. And, and I could, you know, I knew how excited they were for me and how excited they were to be a part of this. So, yeah, that was definitely a motivating factor for me. And you got there. You trekked in 10 days, and then you got to base camp, and then you got the fast pass to actually start going up the mountain. What is that like? What is the feeling like, the first couple of steps, knowing I've started this journey? Um, and about how long did you did you sort of think that it should take you to get to the top? I mean, at least a timeline. Well, it can take, you're there two months, and uh, all but about a week of that, you're on the mountain and you're climbing or resting, recovering. So, yeah, but, you know, when you climb Mount Everest, it gets real when you leave base camp headed up the mountain. As soon as you leave base camp, it's usually at like 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, you go through what's known as the Kumbu Icefall, and it's notoriously dangerous and challenging. I feel so, like all of these booby traps are yeah, leading it, up to the ultimate booby trap, which it, is climbing the mountain. That's your first booby trap, and it's um, it is surreal. It's it's like a seven hour icy obstacle course where you, anyone that's followed Everest has seen people walking over the ladders in their crampons with a crevasse beneath them. Well, that happens. I've I've done that, <laughs> and you're climbing ice walls and down ice walls and. All the while, you know that this is the bottom of a massive glacier, and it's moving. It's constantly moving and breaking and changing. So you're trying to get through this thing as fast as you can. But even fast is seven hours of being in this icefall. And so when you make that, you, you get up on top, and you're in a snow field then. And um, 
to go up to Camp 1, which is probably another two hours from there. We spent one night at Camp 1, and then you go to Camp 2, which is about a four- or five-hour trek up to Camp 2. Pretty straightforward on a snowfield. And the first time the first time we went up, uh, we spent a couple of days at Camp 2, uh, trekked up to Camp 3, to the base of Camp 3. It's called the Lhotse Face. So Camp 3 is located basically on a sheer ice wall. And to get up to it, you have to climb straight up this ice wall all day long. And you get up there, and that's where your campsite is. So the first time, uh, the first rotation, we went to the base of the ice wall. We turned, we came out, we went back down to base camp. We went all the way, uh, my smaller group went all the way back out to a village called Dingboche, and we rested for four or five days. And Village meaning people live up there? Oh, yeah, there are villages all along the way. And so when you're trekking in, at the end of every day, you're staying in a village. And We think we have it tough. Yeah, but you know what? They are uh, probably a lot happier than we are. They are a peaceful, happy people. They've lived their entire lives there. They're some of the kindest uh, people you'll ever see. I was I was blown away by the local the Sherpas that live in the Everest region. The way they go about doing their jobs, the way they treat you as a guest, they're pretty amazing. Well, you would think that they have a great respect for Mother Nature, if nothing else. They and they do. see how, you know, precious uh, life is. And they probably see a lot of people who are reaching dreams or wrestling with something that come out to do something as grand as climbing that. So there's probably a lot of compassion, too, for those that are that are coming to trek the mountain. That's correct. And the, tu- the climbing and tourism industry is big for them. They, they, they can earn in two months. They can earn... Uh, as much of, of wages as they're going to earn the rest of the year. So, and they 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 too were affected by COVID. I mean, they spent a year of no tourism, and then it looked like even the following year, the year I was there, um, there weren't you didn't have the trekkers there. You had the climbers, but the trekkers weren't there. So, you know, they they were caught up in this as well. So, so how many camps are there? Yeah, there's uh, there's base camp, there's camp one, camp two. And there's a story in Camp 2. The second rotation, when we got to Camp 2, we got stuck there, and I'll tell you about that. Camp 2 is at 22,000 feet. Then you go up to Camp 3, it's probably about 25,000 feet on the ice wall. Then Camp 4 is 26,000 feet, and that's as high as I made it. I made it to Camp 4. Can you help us understand how high that is? It's high. Uh, Denali, the highest mountain in North America, is 20,000 feet, so... You know, Mount Rainier, which is a beautiful mountain outside of Seattle, is 14,000 feet. So, so that's it, taller than anything here in yeah on U.S. soil. Right. Big, right. De- big deal. Yeah. So what happened at Camp 2 or what happened where you had to make some tough decisions? So first rotation, we come back out to base camp. We go back down to Dingboche, and we're, we're starting hearing rumors about COVID showing up. Well, we already knew it was in India. And it's crossed over into Nepal and making its way up the valley, and we're hearing about it. It's literally it's, making its way up the mountain. Yeah, it's that's how contagious yeah. COVID is. It's un, it's unbelievable, uh, and no one over there had their vaccines, so that becomes a very real worry. Um, some of the expeditions are even shutting down and going home, and, and you know, um, it, it was kind of left up at this point. The, the Nepalese government wasn't getting involved; they were leaving it up to the expeditions to make their decision. But when we came back out to Dingboche, um, it was pretty much a ghost town. And you could tell that COVID was making its way up and very much affecting the region. So we spent four days there, went, went back up to base camp, and which is about a seven-hour trek back up. And our expedition, and this, this is where some of the things that were decided get a little questionable, but our expedition decided to send us up to Camp 2 
for a long time, for a week, we've been watching the weather patterns. And the weather was supposed to be good at the summit on about the 22nd. Um, and I think because of COVID coming into the area, they sent us on up to Camp 2. And we ended up being there for eight days. The first of two cyclones blew out of India, blew into the area. And a rainstorm down low is a snowstorm up high. So for eight days at 22,000 feet. That's like a snow hurricane. It is. And we're stuck there. And it is pretty grueling. I mean, 22,000 feet is the, is the elevation. So what kind of covering do you have? Are you in a tent? I'm, yeah. Adam, I'm worried about you. Are you in a yeah, tent? Yeah. Well, Are you, you weren't like in a building? I mean, you're like just hanging on with your... You've got a tent. You've got a sleeping bag that's warm. You've got clothing that's warm. There's a dining tent. But you really, you should be at Camp 2 maybe two days, um, mentally and physically. Uh, and, and normally, that's what would have happened. We would have stayed at Camp 2 two days, went to three, went to four, and then summited. That was the plan. So eight days at two... Uh, to let the cyclone blow through. And then we got the word. You, you were talking about, okay, it's your turn, go. And that's basically what happened. They said, okay, go. And um, we went up the mountain. Went I, One of the hardest days of my life in the mountains was going up to Camp 3, up that ice wall. It was incredibly challenging. You're, you're going up pretty much up a vertical wall using an ascender, which is a device you attach to a fixed rope. And as you, you slide the ascender up, and then you step, step. And then you slide it up and step, step. And you do that the entire day with a lot of danger. And so we get to three, spend the night. Three is on the on the ice wall, and there's a lot of wall above it. So you worry a lot about what's going on above you, especially when you know it's been snowing a lot. So didn't didn't rest very well at three. Was happy to get out of there the next morning before daylight, headed to four. And it took me all day to get – we left it. Probably 3 in the morning. I got to 4 at 3 in the afternoon. Feeling pretty good, you know, doing pretty well. But 4, 4 is your final stop. From there, the plan was that night we're going to go to the summit. And the summit's 6 to 8 hours away, depending on your climbing speed. And so we're there. And, and when you get to 4, you can look up and see the top of the world. It's just right there in front of you. But the surprise, I get up there, and I've been hearing from the, the climbing team that we're going to have 25-mile-per-hour winds. We're having 50 to 70-mile-per-hour winds. And I'm like, what the heck? Yeah, you I know? can't even imagine. So get in my tent. The tent's blowing over on top of me. We don't. They had been saying we we're going to leave out at 8 p.m. that night. It, that didn't happen because the weather was bad. They waited till midnight. And then made the decision to go for the summit at midnight, and I didn't like it. You know, it just, to me, you start wondering about motivations and what's motivating that decision. Um, we've clearly missed the weather opportunity. It's not there. And every, we're in the death zone. That's known as a death zone. A human being cannot survive up there more than a couple of days. So... If you get stuck there because of weather... Yeah. Then, I mean, you're... And we've got Cyclone 2 coming in. It's coming. It's, right. It's and you just went through away. an eight-day yeah. cyclone. And number two You're doing is the way. So my decision was I'm going to sleep here tonight. I've confirmed that possibly if the weather improved the next day we could summit. So once I confirmed that, that was clearly my decision. And so I slept overnight, ran out of oxygen during the middle of the night. And I knew that because my feet started getting extremely cold. And, and that's what happens. Your limbs start to get very cold when you're not getting enough oxygen. But resupplied the oxygen, felt okay the next day, but the wind's still ripping, the tent's still getting blown apart. And more importantly, my Sherpa, who had summited Mount Everest four times, who had two little kids at home, 
didn't want to go. And I could tell he didn't want to go. Bye, Felicia. We'll pack up and yeah. head back down. And so I'm, I'm like, gosh, <laughs> you know. And he's, he's asking yeah. me, like, you want to go down? Are we going down? And I told him the next morning, I said, okay, I, I'll tell you at noon. I'm going to make my decision at noon. And I talked to one other Sherpa with experience, and he couldn't tell me if the weather was going to improve. Yeah. So I well, said, let's go. Let's, let's go. go. And we've got more good things coming up next. Less England for Clark's Construction. The kind of work that Jerry's done for me includes you know, minor repairs like rotting wood, remodeling uh, the master bath, uh, putting new French doors on the back of the house. He understands what he's doing, and he usually points out you know, why I've had problems and not only how to fix it, but how to fix it so the problem doesn't recur. I think Jerry's trustworthiness is beyond reproach. Call 601-214-9463. Clark's Construction, a company you can trust. In the metro area, the houses talk. Hey, Jan, how's it going today? Hey, Barney. You're not sold yet? No, my shutters need replacing, my floors need unbuckling, my boudoirs need updating. Well, my person called Will White with the price, and Will White said the price was right. No updating, no nothing. I'm sold as of tomorrow. Call Will White. He buys houses. 601-401-4323. 601-401-4323. Or online at homebuyersms.com. Pediatric care is more than treating a child when they are sick. It is a health care journey from infancy to adolescence. Dr. Katherine Philippi, pediatrician at Trust Care Kids in Madison. We build lasting relationships with parents based on trust. From pediatric primary care and well-child checkups to after-hours visits, our specialists provide quality care, usually within an hour, so that your child will feel better faster. To schedule an appointment, visit TrustCareHealth.com and click Trust Care Kids. Trust Care. Feel better, faster. Tired of being gone from home all week? If so, Union Corrugating has an immediate need for Class A CDL drivers in the Vicksburg area. Competitive pay, paid time off, 401k match, plus medical and dental benefits. Right, right now, there's, there's a $5,000 sign-on bonus to all Class A CDL drivers that join our team. Call 1-888-661-0577 or visit Indeed.com. Union Corrugating, a leading manufacturer of metal roofing, an equal opportunity employer. This is the closing agri market report. At the close of New York Cotton Exchange, December cotton was down one to ninety four thirty one. March cotton was up seven to ninety three twenty six. At the close, the Chicago Board of Trade November soybeans were up three and a quarter to thirteen sixty eight and a quarter per bushel. January soybeans were up three cents thirteen seventy two and a quarter per bushel. December corn was down four and a quarter to five sixty eight and three quarters per bushel. March corn was down three and a quarter to five seventy six and a quarter per bushel. At the Mercantile, October live cattle was up a dollar to one twenty nine twelve. December live cattle was up sixty five to one thirty four forty seven. October feeders down eighty two to one sixty four ninety five. November feeders down seventy to one sixty six sixty. And at this hour, Dow Jones is up forty one points, thirty five thousand five fifty six. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Super Talk, Mississippi Agri News Network. If you purchased Super S Super Track 303, Super S 303, Cam 2 Pro Max 303, or Cam 2 303 Tractor Hydraulic Fluid from Tractor Supply, Orschlin, Rural King, or Atwoods, you may be entitled to a cash payment as part of a class action settlement. Learn more by visiting 303 com or calling 866-742-4945. 
1.55. These specific products fail to meet OEM specifications and viscosity requirements and could also cause severe damage to your equipment. This notice is authorized by the federal court and is directed to those who bought 303 tractor hydraulic fluid from Tractor Supply, Orschlin, Rural King, or Atwoods between December 1, 2013 and the present. Your claim deadline is December 29, 2021, and you may be eligible for a monetary award. Act now by visiting our class action website at 303tractorhydraulicfluidsettlement.com or by calling 866-742-4955. Find out what's happening in Mississippi politics and what it means to you on the JT Show with Gerard Gibbert. Weekdays 10 to 1 on Super Talk Mississippi. Rebecca Turner. She's smart and pretty. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. places in Mississippi for your family to eat, stay, and play. So take some time today to go to visit Mississippi.org to explore more. But we were talking to explore Adam Hodges. You're a climber and an explorer, Adam. I'm adding that to your to your resume because you definitely explore opportunities to at least bring awareness for those living with Parkinson's disease here in Mississippi through your foundation, Ascent for the Cure. So you went off for Mount Everest. You made it to Camp 3 or Camp 4, which was the final destination to, to the summit. And then you made the tough decision. So walk us through that and getting getting back home. So once I, once I decided with my Sherpa that we were coming down, uh, my goal, I had been in danger for many weeks. And uh, my goal is just let's get back down to base camp. So we had talked about it. We went from 4 all the way to 2. We slept a little bit, and early the next morning before daylight, we went from two through the Kumbu Icefall to base camp in the relatively safety of base camp. What is it like when you finally get your feet on solid ground? I felt I felt super relieved once I got back to base camp. You uh, mentioned your Sherpa was kind of like, man, I really don't want to do you know the final ascent, but I'm here with you. <laughs> what was he like when you finally said, dude, let's turn around and go back? I think he was excited. <laughs> yes. You know, I think he's he was like I was. Let's get let's get down the mountain. Let's get down <laughs> let's the get mountain. Out get out of here. Live to climb another day. Yeah. Right. And so, is there what's you know what's the future for ascent for the cure? Because you know now you have a mission, something to sort of bring awareness to. I, I assume your Adam's not stopping climbing. We're going to keep climbing, um, and, and you know, possibly do Everest again. I hope so. And if I do have success, the next time I try, it's going to be even sweeter. You know, it. it uh, there's something to be learned from going there and giving it your all and not quite making it. You know, um, for me, for me, that just means next time we'll get it next time. But the goal is to climb the highest mountain on every continent, and I've climbed three. Um, so we're looking at a three to five year plan with Everest being in that in that time period. Um, and you know, my my one of my big partners is the Meridian Regional Airport. There's a great partner and a great airport there in Meridian. Um, they're on board with this. They share my passion for travel and adventure and for supporting this Parkinson's group. So I've met with them and we're, we're coming up with a plan, but there's no quit in us. We're going to keep moving forward and, you know, keep doing everything we can for Parkinson's and for that local group. But you don't, you know, it's just like, uh, just like for them. And I see it all the time. They're going to have good weeks and they're going to have challenging weeks. They're going to fall down and, you know, they're going to get up. And so, in some ways, not making the summit for whatever reason was a falling down, but um, it's there. It continues to be there, and 
you know, I accept the challenge to go back if, uh, if, if it works out that way. And let us add, I hope you don't mind, what's your age? I'm 57. You should be proud of that. But I think, you know, that's a message in and of itself, Adam, is that you're never too young. I mean, which I know fitness and taking care of yourself has been part of your journey for a really long time. I mean, I wouldn't recommend couch to Mount Everest. <laughs> There's no program necessarily for that. But it goes to show that age shouldn't limit you for dreaming really big or doing really extraordinary things. It's just taking having the right motivation and then the ter- determination to see your way through it. That's right. Um, and I, I use, it could be something like a marathon or whatever. I, I need things on the horizon. It motivates me to be dedicated uh, physically and to work out. And I've worked out my whole life. And, you know, I love to play sports. And being active is a big part of who I am. I couldn't imagine being any, any other way. But truly, mountain climbing, like the vision of Everest on the horizon, I was able to train at a super high level. And we'll definitely be keeping up with you here on Good Things, Adam. But if folks want to connect with what you're doing online, can they find you? Facebook, Instagram, Twitter? Yeah, we're, we're on Facebook at Ascent for a Cure. And we also have our own website, AscentforACure.com. Uh, people can reach out to me at Anderson Health and Fitness Center, whether it's to talk about mountain climbing or to uh, combine see our program. Because it's open to the public, right? Yeah, it's open to the public. And, um, you know, I'm happy to introduce someone to our Parkinson's program or if someone wants to start a program elsewhere in the state, I'm happy to support that and help out there. Because that's the Rock Steady Boxing, which I highly encourage you to go watch uh, some of the YouTube videos, and you will be completely inspired and motivated by those individuals giving it their all in their own way in the gym, fighting back against um, Parkinson's disease. It's very inspiring to watch them. It makes me want to hit. Not hit them, <laughs> hit, yeah. you know, hit a boxing uh, boxing you, bag. And have sort you tried of boxing? A, I have not. It's, it's probably it's yeah. pretty remarkable. I feel like it would be a really good, um, you know, stress reliever. It is. It's fun and a great way to burn calories and get in shape. I mean, uh, my wife, my wife's favorite thing to do is box. Uh, she's really good at it. And also, uh, bringing her up, I wanna I wanna just you know thank her for supporting me. She allowed me to leave for two months. It wasn't easy for her. She worried about me, and uh, she supports me. I mean, she's already supporting a possible uh, reattempt at Everest. So she's amazing. Um, she says she fell in love with the adventurer that I am, and she just supports me being me. Well, the next time you're back here on Good Things to talk about your next climb, whatever that may be, please bring her. We'd love to hear what it's like to be married to a to weirdo who likes to climb really <laughs> high places for, for good reasons. No, I, I, this has been an honor. Thank you for your time today, Adam. But you guys stick with us. we got more for you coming up next. you got the boys with Sports Talk Mississippi from 3 to 6. Rhino and I will be back tomorrow at 2. But until then, I hope you all find time for the good things. Talk Mississippi Media Production.